once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Oh, hello. 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 <laughs> there i was looking at something um so we are here with gary stoutmeister of the zimbabwean death metal band slash prog band slash um mixture of different styles band nuclear winter so hello again hi 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 nice to be here on c squared thanks for having me so to start off can you kind of say who you are what you do in the metal scene that type of thing like a very short brief introduction to you well, I'm basically I'm a one I'm a solo musician, um, and Nuclear Winter is my my project basically, and um, yeah, I basically um, just record from home, uh, so basically a bedroom producer. <laughs> More than that, but yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I think that's basically it. Um, just... Okay, so since, since Gary's being bashful and humble, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna intro I'm gonna do a big intro for you then. So Gary is a one man. Gary is like the best known musician in Zimbabwe for metal, which is a fact. Um, he's had major coverage of pretty much every publication on the planet in dealing with metal, and he is the behemoth behind the metal scene there. And he's had uh, major covers of uh, things like Hathaway's "What Is Love." uh and toto's africa there i've bigged you up you want to add anything to that gary before i start the questions no thanks for that that um, certainly <laughs> sounds better than what i put across i think <laughs> so now that you have two started, shy people on the show so <laughs> uh, gary gets chatty after like five minutes i've had him on before so okay so before, before we get going here so i want to start off by talking about your covers because mm -hmm. your biggest hits well not hits but clicks and stuff like that have been for the cover songs you've done like it or lump it um so you did one of toto's africa and then you did one of the hathaway's uh what is love That's so right. now to start so you didn't know anything about the movie night at the roxbury when you recorded the cover right? <laughs> i didn't no i hadn't heard of it no <laughs> but please tell now. me you've seen it by now <laughs> you haven't seen it? oh my god what the fuck? At least watch the, the Saturday Night Live skit with Jim Carrey. It, on YouTube, it's like five minutes. You don't have to watch the whole movie, but at least watch that. <laughs> Would you I'll check it out for sure. Okay, before I get into the question, just as a lead-off thing. So do they not have do they have Saturday Night Live in Zimbabwe? Is that does that exist there? Can you get that? Uh no. Well, I mean, most of what people watch here is just anything sort of online stuff like Netflix and stuff like that. So so you can't watch live? Mm, only if it was streamed to uh, YouTube or something. No. Well. <laughs> okay. Cool. So okay. So now everybody over here knows this song due to due to the Saturday Night Live skit and due to uh, Night at the Roxbury, which I think was primarily the reason why we got the amount of traction that we did. So why did you pick a Hathaway cover out of all the fucking covers you could have done? for a death metal slash prog metal band to do. Like that's the weirdest fucking thing, but can you please explain why you did this? I think 
probably from when I was a teenager and went clubbing. That was like a song that they played a lot um, in the clubs. It was so it's kind of a nostalgic, rememberable song of mine. Um, mm -hmm. And I did kind of think um, when I was thinking of doing a cover that that song could translate quite well due to the sort of the beat and sort of anthemic chorus. And, you know, it's, yeah. I thought that would translate well into metal. So that's mostly why I chose to do that one, as well as just being a cheesy thing to do as metal. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Corey, Corey, I'm going to let you ask ask a little bit further on it because I'm going to say a joke, but go ahead. Oh, no, say your joke. Definitely. Okay. Oh, okay. I want to so, hear the joke. <laughs> now I lost track of what I was going to say. Thanks, Corey. You're um, welcome. Totally lost track of what I was going to say. So, okay. So you pick a Hathaway song as being mm. your, being like your first cover type thing. Mm. So, uh, like, okay. So how do I want to frame this without, without sounding like an asshole? How does that, how does that help or hinder your metal cred by doing a Hathaway cover as a death metal guy? Well, I think, I mean, metal in a lot of cases shouldn't be taken that seriously. So I think rather than trying to be a serious like group and trying to put across everything as a, a full metal and, you know, to do something like that is like, yeah, no, we're just having fun. It's um, a cool thing to do. And we're doing it not as um, something that's, what's the word uh, you know just to like rip it off it, well it was um, to do it properly like do as best metal cover we could um, i say we because chris van sort of helped out on the, the chris um, on the vocals on that so i remember you know so it was um doing that I, I don't think it's anything negative like in terms of how least nuclear winter is presented it's like oh these guys don't take themselves too seriously well i don't anyway um yeah so yeah well, I think. one thing i was going to mention though too is that one one thing i like is the fact you keep keep saying we instead of me to mm. make it sound well that was back in the case of, of that cover because it was a kind of a collaborative effort with with chris there at that Fair. time yeah now Fair. at least i mean all my stuff is purely solo Fair. Uh, Corey, just in case you're not aware of what we're talking about, there is one other metal band in Zimbabwe, at least that we're aware of, called Dividing the Element, and Gary was the producer, right? Yeah, I did um, basically the, the mixing and mastering of their that's, albums. Yeah. That's right. So, um, so yeah, so the, so the Chris he's referring to is from Dividing the Element. He helped them with the background vocals, just in case you weren't weren't familiar. Okay, oh, no, so... Super helpful. No, because I didn't know. I'm not super into the in-depth into the Zimbabwe metal scene. Like I know the Botswana metal yeah. scene, but I now know two bands. <laughs> and I yeah. I listened to your covers and I, you know, the Toto one and the Hathaway one, I love them both. And I honestly think that when it comes to metal covers, metal should be covering non-metal because a metal mm -hmm. song being covered by another metal band, unless it's like really different genres, they honestly just kind of sound a little bit boring to me. Yeah. But I love the metal covers of non-metal songs so much. So, and I think that that's actually the majority. So that whole helping or hurting the metal cred, I think metalifying a lot of things is really popular with people. <laughs> oh, sure, no, I agree with that. It's, it's cool to do something that you wouldn't think like, um, what was the other one I did? New York, New York. That was kind of, oh, yeah. out, of, out of the blue. <laughs> did you hear the New York, New York one, Corey? No? I'm starting to remember. I know I remember the other two because I love those songs. Okay. Just like a ridiculously large amount. Toto is one of my bad moods. Uh, like Africa is one of my bad mood songs. When I'm in a bad mood, I'll put that on because it just like yeah. makes me yeah. happy. 
And yeah. same with Hathaway, that song. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was little when that came out, but it's just like one of those quintessentially perfectly cheesy songs that it's like, it's so cheesy, it's amazing. And so uh-huh. you just can't be in a bad mood when you listen to those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so Gary, so you did the covers. So now we, we got you a bunch of clicks with the Hathaway cover specifically. Um, and then you're, you're doing an, another cover pretty soon of Motley Crue, which is That's a little right. bit different than what you've already done. So what made you decide to go from like Toto to Motley Crue? Well, I think Wild Side was a song I've always loved since I heard Motley Crue. Um, and vocally, I thought it would be quite a challenge to do that one. So, mm-hmm. and I thought it's a song that would kind of please you as well. I thought, hey, this is, I'm, I'm going to do a cover. Let's do one for Curtis. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I think you kind of pulled it off quite well. So what are you going to do in the future, do you think, for covers? Do you have any kind of like an ideas? Um, uh, not, not offhand right now. I think it's... Down the line, I might just get an idea of doing a song just once I've yeah, done maybe some more music of my own. I kind of like in between albums, do the covers, because then it's like a, a bridge. <laughs> I have a request if you do it, and Corey's going to mm-hmm. hate me for this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Do Britney Spears' work, bitch. <laughs> okay, but you have to put in like some, some like, Michael Scott references. It's Britney mm. bitch needs to be yep. in there somewhere mm-hmm. from the office. <laughs> oh, it's interesting though because Flesh God Apocalypse just had like a short Britney Spears section in they their did. one song. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. They so, also did um, Blue by Eiffel sixty five, yeah. and yes, I yes. I really love that one too. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> If, if you can do work, bitch, we, uh, I'll, 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 be, I'll get Corey to beg someone at Metal Engine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> well, we'll uh, if you do work, bitch, I'm sure we'll get like major coverage on it. So, But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do it, but whatever. I had to try. Um, so other, other than covers, so part of the, pro- well, not problem, but part of the problem is if you get too known for covers, mm. people can kind of ignore your main work. Um, what do you, how do you feel, how do I want to phrase this? How do you think you yourself are avoiding that? Because I think we have avoided that, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just by not doing too many covers. Fair. Fair. Um, just the odd one here and there, I think works quite well. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'll stick to that, just maybe a random one every every now and then. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So now moving on from the cover. So I want to talk about the band itself, the, the band itself. Um, mm-hmm. So you're a, you're a one man guy. You, you uh, do everything on your own other than Chris helping you every once in the odd while. And I think you said Archie helped you with one thing one time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, it was Matt. Um, well, basically Matt and Chris helped do a bit of um, the backing, well, some vocals on the Night Shift album. That's right. That's right. Okay. So you got a little bit of help from people, but not much. So what kind of makes you want to continue to do this, even though like you're like this one guy in a country full of people that doesn't doesn't like metal? And I mean, you got a full-time job. You have power outages for like 16 hours a day. What? Explain what makes you motivated? Yeah. Well, and the music in general is just um, like a, 
a motivational thing. It's because okay, seeing I do um graphics work sort of as my full time job, a lot of that is very um like um I get briefs and I can't really show much creativity of of my own in the work that I do for that. So yeah. music is where I can put whatever I want to creatively into it. So that's kind of a an outlet for creativity more than what the graphics work is. So I think doing that, it's, there's a constant flow of inspiration, I think. Well, fair enough. Stuff. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, I'm going to let Corey ask the next question as I'm hogging, but then I'm going to go. Oh, no, no, no. Because my questions are all related to a completely different topic. So yeah. it's totally OK. Let me fire away for a couple of minutes and I'm gonna, then I'll let you change the topic. OK, so OK, so let's just talk about for a second here. So how, how do you find the time to do this? Cause I mean, like you said, you have a full-time job. There's no power 18, 16 hours a day. Like your power is basically like what? Nine o'clock to 6am or something like that. It was bad like that, but to be honest, the last better. year it's actually been a lot better. Just the odd okay. power cut here and there. So because of that, okay. it's, it's eased okay. that situation a lot more. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Okay, but still, I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, there's, it's, it's not like reliable for you to be able to do things. So like, mm -hmm. how do you kind of find the time to do this? Is it just like nighttime after the day job's done? Or are you kind of like making notes during the day or how, how does this work? That's mostly at night that I, I'll start working on music stuff and, and on the weekends. Um, and that I find is my best time, at least for coming up with ideas musically. Um, more, I'm more of a night owl than... <laughs> Than anything so yeah that that works for me um, get the stuff that i need to do during the day done and then you know my time to work on music <laughs> yeah you, i mean basically that's all you do outside of your day job right more or less yeah <laughs> yeah i kind of figured as much you just work 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 okay Corey, oh, that uh, sounds really unfamiliar to everybody else in this yeah. conversation yeah, we, we, <laughs> we don't do. know what that's like <laughs> so Gary, uh, Corey, rather, do you want do you want to go on to your next subject? Because I, I think I'm I'm done on this this part. Yeah, mine are all production related because yes, because I know you are like solely DIY. You do all your own stuff, and you're self taught, and you you pretty much learn from YouTube, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so I get my my biggest thing is so when bands are reaching out to me, the number one reason I will say no to featuring them, it's not because they're small, it's not because they're unknown, it's because their production is off in some way, like the mix is off, it just sounds funky in some way. So what are some foundational elements that bands should learn? They don't have to learn how to do it all themselves, but so that they can be educated about production and kind of direct whoever is doing their production to do it correctly, if that mm. question makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's quite a big, big topic to try and tackle. Um, I know. Because <laughs> also, I know nothing about this stuff. So you guys got to mm -hmm. talk in English. Talk in English to me, please. Not in, not in sound, sound engineer talk. <laughs> uh, Sorry. So just like maybe the top three things that bands should be aware of or know how to do or know the mechanics behind them so that they can be more educated about their production so they're not putting out something that sounds weird basically with each, each of the instruments i think the first thing i tackle is at least making sure the bass and the treble of each instrument is sitting where it should so basically um mm -hmm. for the guitars on their own sound quite good with like a quite a, a lot of bass in them 
but in the mix that just makes them sound muddy so doing like a, a cut in the low frequencies on the guitar that helps and then that gives mm -hmm. space for the bass and the, the kick drums um i think a lot of compression on the vocals is quite a big thing in for doing metal um yeah you can compress the hell out of your vocals and that makes them sit on top of the music um mm -hmm. otherwise for metal guitars there's a lot of high mid frequencies that you have to worry about so just check those there's um, like a few like sharp eq cuts you can do in the upper frequencies of metal guitars that help take out the harshness and that i think is the biggest problem with metal mixes because all of the like detail frequencies sit in that area the upper mids so they can start fighting with each other and with too much the help the whole sound will sound quite harsh so just um tackling those like making sure the high mids don't overpower everything that's a big thing to get the the balance more correct <laughs> i think what you're saying with well what you first said with the guitars having too much bass because they sound mm. good by themselves but not mm. in the mix i think that's where a lot of people trip up because mm. that is one thing i hear when i get you know something that's their final work it's everything just starts to mesh together in a way that's not good i don't yeah. i don't know all of the terms either because like curtis i'm not a professional at this but that's extremely good advice and then also the vocals a lot of the times they're too quiet they're too far back mm. and so yeah those are probably the top two things i hear and i'm just like yeah. this otherwise would be a good song but you missed it mm. in these areas so those pieces of advice are super helpful and so just you know for people who want to learn this kind of stuff you just recommend like youtube and googling it basically I think so, as well as just making sure that they've got a good monitoring environment. I mean, decent headphones and good studio monitors are essential to at least know what you're trying to balance out. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite a hard thing to tackle. It's hard to kind of just give a bit of advice. <laughs> and I'm still learning myself. I'm kind of realizing as I produce each album or whatever, things that work better. Um, so it's a learning process for me as well, and I'm still trying to refine it myself <laughs> do you have any favorite like youtube channels that you follow for you know tips and tricks and how to get better at all this stuff if you are diying it it's nothing too specific well no channels that i go to but you can search for like uh, mixing metal guitars or mixing metal drums and there'll be a ton of stuff and just going through a bunch of them and getting idea an idea of what the general like method is that's that's kind of how i did it um yeah <laughs> this is unbelievable because you just basically learned the entire entirety of production just by watching youtube and other people go and get a fucking degree to do this and like you're just like yeah i learned it yeah i learned it on youtube i googled it which is <laughs> kind of but okay so um i have one follow-up question i'll let Corey go back with the production thing just just in regards to that so like I don't want to phrase this. Did you learn how to play all your play your instruments as well using YouTube? Uh, no, guitar. I had um, a couple of guitar teachers when I first started out. Mm. Okay. My next question doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. okay, so then what actually motivated you to learn via YouTube? Because I mean, it's got to be expensive to learn how to do this too. But I mean, like you just kind of went, well, I'm going to get the equipment and I'm just going to watch. Like, what did you do? I think that's basically here is it's basically the only option really to to learn anything because 
here there's no real audio production classes or at least no one doing metal as such so yeah. youtube is basically the only any place to go to to get like tips and tutorials on this sort of thing so it was kind of like a necessity type mm -hmm. thing that's right yeah that's you kind of just, yeah. yourself yeah hmm. that's kind of funny um so one more follow-up question then i'm gonna give it back for you corey i'm just trying to think how i want to phrase this um do you think that's because that you kind of like were able to do this because of where you live because of the fact that like africa is kind of like rough and tumble type of thing or do you, do you or do you think you would have just been able, you would have just done this no matter where what country you were from probably would have done it yeah whichever country i was in i kind of um think might, might have had better options if it was in a in the uk or, or somewhere yeah. anywhere else um but to be honest i mean i wish i could meet a like a, an audio engineer who could check out my stuff and say well this i could improve these areas but, um because there isn't anyone here sort of tackling metal as such. I do have to just so you should just become that guy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You become that guy. You become the one that teaches people in Africa how to do their sound. <laughs> I, I think Gary oh. have like a billion dollar business doing well, not a billion dollar, but a million dollar business teaching Africa. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you'd ever want to do? Just if you ever feel comfortable and get to that point of wanting to teach other people how to do this or not something you'd mm, want to tackle? Not really something I'd want to tackle, but I'd be really happy to take on people's um, albums if they want to send it to me to just refine or to mix. Um, I'm happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. One, one more question, Gary, before I shoot this back over to Corey. Um, did you okay so you said there was no one in in zimbabwe basically that can really teach you these types of things what about going to something like somewhere like south africa or i don't know if zambia is any better but i mean south africa have you thought about kind of going over there to like get someone to teach you or is that out of the question yeah no, i don't i mean i'm sure there is something in south africa that would be quite um, helpful along those lines but you know i haven't really looked into doing that so. okay fair enough yeah, yeah. I mean, the other option here is, I mean, to find someone on like Fiverr to do mixing or mastering for you. Uh, yeah, but they're all hip hop over there. True. Um, it's like all rappers in Zimbabwe, except for like you and Chris. That's right. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. All right, Corey, Corey I'll, let, I'll let you ask the next question about production. I'm, I'm going off topic. Oh, no, no, you're totally fine. It actually led me to another question that I wanted to ask. So with you guys being like the only ones in your area who do metal do you find that you guys get kind of a a more rabid fan base of the ones that they if they dig it they really really dig it or is it just are all of your fans outside of your area and you don't really have any in where you live it's um like a small group of like metal guys here and we all kind of know each other and they are quite um yeah they're quite big <laughs> into it and keen to hear what everyone what, what we're doing here so but it is, it is just maybe like 10 or 20 people at the most. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, not a tiny handful. <laughs> Where are most of your fans based? Are they based in like Europe, the US? Where do you see most of them coming from? Um, I was shown um, statistics from uh, Lyle in South Africa, who's been doing the dis distribution for me. And most of the streams have been from the USA. And mm -hmm. next was Europe. 
Um, USA, yeah. woo! I did it. So that's right. cool. Yeah, I'm the American I, on the chat, so. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm tooting my horn because I was, I'm the one that got them the plays there. Well, I'm, I'm part of the I'm part of the equation. Yeah, but cool. we're the cool audience, so. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, so okay, so you're getting most of your plays in the United States. Um, so um, now that you're now that you're like the most famous Zimbabwean metal guy outside of uh, Chris. Um, the, 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 the big fish in the very small pond. So um, how, okay, how do you think you can, how do you think it benefits you to say that you're from Zimbabwe as, as a musician? I, I have some ideas myself, but I wanted to hear what you had to say. Mm, if I think maybe the only thing is just intriguing that there's um, a metal, a couple of metal bands from, from Zim. Um, that's probably about it, I think. Um, just that oh, there is, someone from a place we've never thought there would be anyone doing metal. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Corey, does that help though when when pitching to ask to tell the tell the journalist that you know they're from some foreign country, they're from Botswana or Zimbabwe or Zambia or something like that? Does that matter or what? For me personally, it does pique my interest if it's somewhere that I wouldn't expect. Like if somebody said uh, we're a metal band from Cambodia or something, I'd be like, oh really? What is this mm. sound? What is what does this scene sound like? Death metal. And yeah, <laughs> a metal. lot of death metal. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it definitely piques my interest when I'm just like, oh, hey, whoa, I've never heard metal from this country. Because every country, I feel like they infuse some sort of like cultural or historic sounds into their music, even if they don't do it intentionally. And it's yeah. not at the forefront of what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, like there's some bands that I listen to from Pakistan that they, uh, they infuse traditional Hindi musical structures without using the actual, you know, music itself. Yeah. So yeah. the feel is still there without being at the forefront with something like, you know, Elvady or Bloodywood or whoever yeah. definitely puts that as a main feature in their music. So I always love to, to check it out just to hear how it's different from what else I've heard. There. Um <laughs> Uh, Gary doesn't do that as much, but the other but the other band from Zimbabwe does. Dividing the element, they speak mm. in Shona, isn't that the yeah Shona? Mm. Yeah, which is like a native language there or something. I think yeah, right? that's right. It's a local language. Yeah. 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 How come you don't do anything like that? Out of curiosity, now that Corey's brought it up, just because mm. or yeah, no. At least with Chris, he knows Shona, and I don't. Um, and I and for me, uh, I've always enjoyed more Scandinavian metal, you know, that kind of yeah, yeah. thing. So that's basically what I'm trying to do rather than trying to sound like um, African or with a Zimbabwean feel. It's mm -hmm. not really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so you're trying out of Zimbabwe, like the sound outside of Zimbabwe versus having those elements in the music. That's right. Now, yeah. How okay? So now I got a question. I got I got another question for you then. Um, sorry, Corey. I know I'm, I keep hogging. Oh no, things. you're totally fine. It's totally okay. okay. So where was my thought going? So all right. So you're trying to be basically like a regular metal band, and you're not really promoting your own identity except for when I promote it. Mm -hmm. So how so? how do you kind of feel what do you feel actually sets you apart from every other prog death metal band out there that 
I don't think there's anything that's special that's setting me apart. Um, okay. I'm just enough. basically producing just the ideas in my head and just um, if people, anyone likes it, then that's all I'm really aiming for. I'm not trying to say, oh, there's something especially unique about what I'm doing. <clears throat> no, that's, that, that's a fair point. Okay, so mm -hmm. then how would you say that you kind of stand out, do you think, in comparison to everyone else? If you do. I can't think of anything that really is, yeah. Gary, I got to that, that, that I do everything. I have the, one. Toot the horn, dude. Like fucking toot the horn. <laughs> I know one thing that makes you stand out, and it's that you don't take yourself too seriously. That actually does make you stand out because a lot of the death metal bands that I see or that come across my computer screen. They take themselves extremely seriously. They want to be like the most brutal. If somebody laughs at something that they do, they get offended or whatever. They just uh, they kind of have a stick up their butts a little bit. And the fact that you don't, it, it resonates with people. You're somebody that's approachable, somebody that is fine with joking and laughing and everything like that. And it, it creates a certain connection that not a lot of other bands have. So there, now I'm tooting your horn and I don't even know you that well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, well, I want to point out one thing too. Just so you know, Corey, Gary's on my elite list of people that I send weird tweets to at night, just so you know. he Ooh, is on It's a very exclusive club. I'm in that club too. So yeah, I got, got the weird crap he sends. <laughs> he got the half mission. You get shirts made. Mm -hmm. Like, like Curtis's like, twits or whatever, because we're the dumbasses that listen to his shit all the time. Uh, I do want yeah. to I do want to point out I do want to point out Gary has never been offended by anything I've sent him to date yet I even uh, I, I and I even sent him a hairy butt picture one night I think oh you <laughs> you got the butt picture I you have not the, gotten the butt picture thank God I'm a girl so I don't have yeah. to deal with the butt picture I don't think I got that one <laughs> you did I don't know that one I didn't get I'm gonna send that to you right when we get off then okay. you know, you're, you're gonna wake up to that tomorrow morning the hairy butt picture. Right. Um, back back onto a more serious matter. So, um, I kind of want to just kind of briefly go over how you and I met, and then kind of mm -hmm. lead the question there. So, mm -hmm. the way that Gary and I met was via Chris Vaughn of Dividing the Element, who I randomly met. I don't even know how. I think it was on Twitter or something like that. Um, Dividing the Elements, another Zimbabwean band. I had him on my podcast. Chris is a bit of a, a loud mouth, and he likes to talk a lot, like me. And uh, Gary was in his house one day when he was doing a Dumb and Dumbest interview. And for some reason, Chris decided to like say, hey, I got this friend named Gary who's got this awesome band. Can you interview him? Just randomly on the middle of the podcast, throws Gary on. We're like, who the fuck is this guy? And uh, so from that point forward, me, me and Gary have been friends and I've been helping him out ever since then. So out of a curiosity for the question, this is my question. So before you met me you were kind of like you weren't doing any promotion yourself you were just kind of like throwing the music out there right that's correct yeah yeah so what have you found to be the benefits of having someone kind of doing your pr versus just throwing it out there can you kind of go over that yeah well it certainly improved like the the fan base i mean suddenly i was getting a lot more followers on on facebook and I mean, and the reviews as well in the magazines. I mean, that was amazing, which wouldn't have happened otherwise, I don't think. Yep. So, I mean, getting, getting the, the music out there certainly helped sort of the... Okay, you know, and then... Knowing that there's a Zim 
middle then. What about <laughs> getting signed to a label too? Because I mean, we got the label signing about a year mm. later, six months later, I think. Mm, that's right. I mean, that was really great as well because up until then, I had no idea how I was going to distribute uh, the music. I mean, there were options like DistroKid and yeah. all of the other ones, but having um, MMD do it and being in South Africa, it kind of um, the relationship was a lot easier um, to work with. So, so that was really cool for them to take to take me on, so, yeah, and get yeah. stuff onto Spotify because otherwise, I, I, it wouldn't have happened. I don't think. Yeah, because I was going to say you were not on Spotify prior to the MMD deal, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it kind of legitimizes yourself. Uh, Corey, I actually mm -hmm. had a question just for you on that. If a mm -hmm. band doesn't have their music on Spotify, does that kind of delegitimize it to like Metal Injection or is that not really matter? Like who cares? So for me personally, no, okay. I tend to prefer. So my preferred streaming platform is YouTube. Yeah. So if they don't have a YouTube, that would hurt them more than not having a Spotify because I kind of understand the mindset around not wanting a Spotify because yeah. of their, you know, questionable payment practices or whatever issue it is that some people have with them. I know they have an issue that, I mean, I, I, I grasp the reasoning why, but if they didn't have a YouTube, that would definitely be like, ah, eh, really? Come on now. Um, yeah. Cause that's, that's just my personal preference. So yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And I mean, there's some big names that refuse to use Spotify. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, True. it's not, it's not make or break to not, have, I mean, it's, I, I still think it's a good idea, at least for, you know, when you're getting started to disseminate your music, because there's a lot of people that use Spotify um, yeah. and not having it hurts you in other ways. But when it comes to getting publication, no, not really. Fair. Do they have Spotify in Zimbabwe, Gary, or no? Uh, not, no, I think they're planning to, uh, I think, yeah, we're one of the banned countries, or at least it wasn't available here, but I think that's, I heard something that that was going to change. Okay, now, um, I have a question, I mean, we only got about 10 minutes left over, but one question I wanted to go into was kind of what you were just talking about right there, about things not being available, so I know you can't really get paid in Zimbabwe from outside people for buying your music, mm -hmm. so... Did it help having MMD now in order to increase sales, in your opinion, or is that not really mattered? Like, I don't want to get political or anything like that, obviously, but has it kind of helped make sales having MMD there or, or no? I think it has. Um, sure. um, I haven't been sent how many sales they um, have made from MMD. Um, okay. I think it's definitely helped, as well as Bandcamp sales. Um, yeah, because, I mean, MMD also put... The bands that they have on theirs as well so yeah it sort of doubles up along with my own profile there but you yourself correct me if i'm wrong and if i'm saying something i'm not supposed to just tell me to shut up um you're not allowed to upload and receive cash from Bandcamp yourself legally right um yeah i think well, with me, I was lucky enough to open a PayPal account when I was in Malaysia, so that's... I, um, I was allowed to say that. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, that's, so that's fine. But um, yeah, otherwise, it is a problem for guys here to at least receive the money. It's easy enough for anyone to open a PayPal account if they get a, a relative overseas to open it for them, and then money gets sent to that. But getting it here, it is quite a mission. Um, so how does a band 
in Zimbabwe, okay, so I know I know you're just one guy, but do you know how the Zimbabwean bands, like all the rappers and stuff, like how do they actually get money from sales? Do you have any clue? Like I've always kind of wondered that. That I'm not sure actually. Um, okay. I know a lot of it. I mean, they'll be selling local merchandise and stuff like yeah. that from their shows. Internationally, I don't know how they do it. Probably as well just through a, a PayPal account or something. But what how they get that money here, I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into anybody getting into trouble from saying anything. So, okay. Um, Corey, did you have a follow-up question on that before I went on? No, it was just an interesting thing that I didn't actually know that I, I wasn't... Well, I ran into this with one other band from Eastern Europe where I tried to buy something from them and I couldn't pay for it. And yep. I actually didn't realize how prevalent that is so i mean interesting things to consider <laughs> on how to yeah. pay people well yeah i think it's i think it's only i think zimbabwe is like the only african country where that's an issue right now if i'm not mistaken but i could be wrong on that yeah, um I, mm. so i don't understand what, what the issue is here that it's, it's so restricted but yeah it is it, um it, it's the former government that's all i know i'm gonna i'm not gonna say anything else um <laughs> But anyways, uh, what was I going to say? So I guess you don't have any plans of making merch then if you can't sell it out of the country. Is that correct? I think um, MMD have um, done some UK winter shirts. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if any have been sold or whatever, because I sent uh, Lyle the, the designs. So hopefully something is being done there. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it's just shirts for now, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mugs. Well, fly. do mugs. What's that? Mugs. I said do mugs. That's no, a good idea. Have, this is what I'm I want. No, this is what this is what he needs to do. This. Okay, you guys are gonna. Okay, you guys are gonna love this idea. Okay, so it's gonna be an African themed thing, though. Okay, so <laughs> what? You're, you're gonna get a rifle with a nuclear winter logo on it, and it's gonna be a rifle for sale. Oh yes. You're like no. <laughs> <laughs> that would not end well curtis so back to my whole thing i'm pushing for every band that i know to do mugs <laughs> so like mine is like, much more wholesome and much more logical and probably much more lucrative than curtis's arms deal well no no <laughs> arms deal like you could sell one of those things for like two thousand bucks a crack and like just think about all the profit you could make off that um but in all seriousness like okay so yeah i think you should do mugs too but one other thing I was actually wonder, wondering, what do you personally want to see bands make more of for merch? Like what type of merch other than their usual, you know, uh, shirts and hoodies would you want to see? I'm not sure. I mean, there's basically been virtually no band merchandise available in Zoom, so I haven't been able to like decide, well, I wish there was this or that. Um, really? Yeah, I know. It's like, hmm. Like a desert over there. Sorry, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. She said it's like sure. a desert. It's no, like a desert but, over there. But okay, Gary. So okay, no, there's there's got to be a place where you can buy merch. There's no fucking way that there's no place where you can buy merch in, in Zimbabwe in Harare. Are you serious? Well, not really band related stuff that I've seen. Um, I mean, there'll be like the local bands will have maybe a couple of their shirts done or tags or something but generally no it's not um, something that's really big here 
but is that because like record stores are closed down and stuff like like i mean i don't know what it's like there but i assume that most of the cd stores and shit has, has shut down in the last 10 mm-hmm. years that that's uh-huh. the same yeah yeah that's right yeah no i mean you'll really only find music at like uh, the flea markets or stuff like okay. that maybe there's a couple of shops in town but not that i know of <laughs> okay well that makes sense okay so to wrap up because we only got like about four minutes left um one thing i want to say is that gary's music is probably some of the most creative stuff that you will ever listen to so if you haven't checked out uh nuclear winter you should go check out his his previous two releases that he's done um if you're not into covers don't check out the covers because you're just going to get offended and he's just (laughs) you think he's like not metal enough for you but (laughs) I, i I really do think that anybody listening should check out your music because it's very original. It's very Devin Townsend inspired, but it's very original. Um, anything, anything final you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, not from me, no, but, but thanks for that. So I appreciate that. No problem. Corey, do you got any final words you want to say to Gary or about, about uh, what we've talked about so far? Oh, no, not from me. Just, you know, Hopefully you can get some more merch up and running because I am a huge fan mm. of buying a lot of band merch. Curtis knows mm. this. I go on Bandcamp and buy a bunch of random stuff every week. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, great. Well, mm. I actually have one more question though. Oh, no. Is vinyl popular in Zimbabwe? Uh, sorry, is what? Is vinyl popular in Zimbabwe? I'm just curious because Corey just mentioned it mm. and then I've ne- I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it. Is it popular? No, not at all. In fact, probably people will wonder what that even is. Really? <laughs> There's only one guy I know um, who's into vinyl. Um, but generally, no, it's kind of a dead thing here. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Because it's like our number one. It outsold CDs and everything else last year, too. It's wow. one of our number one, like, tactile platforms. Obviously, digital is the number one thing people buy, but... Yeah. It's outselling most other ways of disseminating music. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, final question. McDonald's mm. or Burger King? For me, McDonald's. McDonald's? What, what, mm. what's, your favorite McDonald's what's your favorite McDonald's burger? Um, I'll just go for the Big Mac. That's my, my go-to one. Mm. Oh, and fi- final, final question. Since KFC is like the only, since KFC is like the only fast food outlet in all of Zimbabwe, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite KFC sandwich, if you got one? Um, not so much a sandwich. Um, I, I like um, what they call a tower burger here. I don't know if that's something they do over there. No. What is that? It's kind of just like a, quite a, a massive burger with like a sort of a potato patty and, and stuff. And that that is really good. This is at KFC? We don't have anything like that here. Really? Wait. So like, wait. Yeah. wait. Wait. This is a this is KFC? Yeah, yeah, layers of chicken, the cheese, and then this like weird potato type patty, and it's really good. It's like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna have to mail me. You're gonna have to send yeah. that to me. Yeah, uh, UPS. <laughs> I don't know. Overnight it. <laughs> so that that that's the end of the podcast. Uh, party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. Party on, Gary. <laughs> Thanks for that. That was a good chat. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. If you enjoyed this podcast. Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.